Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 3 as we start this new series. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 and we're going to read from verse 8 all the way down to verse 14. And I want to read this quickly. It says, what is more... I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. Jesus, my Lord. He says, I consider it all a loss. But why do I consider it a loss? It's because of the surpassing worth of knowing. Somebody say knowing. Of knowing. This word knowing, we'll break it down a little later, but it's this word gnosko. It's this intimate, this intimacy with God. It's knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Your righteousness does not come from what you do. It's actually from what he's already done. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his suffering and becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all of this. I, have all, I haven't arrived at my goal. But I press on. Someone shout press on. But I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Another translation puts it this way. It says, so that I may reach the purpose for Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. AKA translation, I'm not where I want to be, but I praise God that I'm not where I used to be. Can anybody give God a praise for that? He says, he says, I'm trying to take a hold of the very reason that God has taken hold of me, but I have to do something. Here's how I do it. I, I forget what's behind. I forget what's in the past. And I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward, Christ Jesus. My title to this message as we unpack what Kuhau is, as we kind of like focus on specifically what Kuhau is, my title to this message is Kuhau is a church of purpose. Kuhau is a church of purpose. That's what I want to let you know. As the pastor here, I want to preach to you today as a shepherd. I usually get real evangelistic and I could, you know what I mean? Mike will be like, mm-hmm, I'm going to calm down. Don't, don't do that. I'll, I'll, I'll mess, you'll mess me up. We'll be here till 8 o'clock. The food will get cold. It won't, you know? Uh, can we give it up for Mike? What a... But I really want to share that. I want to share it from my heart today. I want to share, and if you're new to this experience, I just want to share from my heart um, what Kuhau is. And it's a church of purpose. We're passionate about Jesus, and we're passionate about the reason Jesus saved our lives. Can we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you for these precious moments that we, able, we are able to have together. We pray, Lord God, that this word may be just more than knowledge and information, Lord God. But I genuinely pray, Lord God, that our hearts may be moved today. Lord, we know that the things that we've struggled with for a lifetime, you can take care in a moment. So we pray that you have your way in this place, oh God. 
Lord, that nobody knows our heart the way you do, Lord God, that I, as a preacher, can't do anything, Lord God, but your Holy Spirit can do and accomplish everything. Help me preach this three-hour message in 30 minutes. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody shouts. Come on, can we give it up for Jesus one more time in this house? Um, I want to start by, by, by saying, how many of you guys know that there are some questions that we need to get right. There's some questions that we absolutely need to get right. You, you know what I'm talking about? There's some questions that you can't just answer any way you want to. Like, you have to get these questions right. Like, you can't just uh, uh, kind of figure this out or, or, or try to give any answer because the answer that we, you give has consequences because there's some questions that we need to get right. Let me give you exhibit A. Exhibit A is when you, when you see, um, fellows, do we got fellows in the house? When you see your wife who is getting dressed and now she got that dress on, she makes eye contact with you. She looks at you through the mirror and then you make eye contact with her and she's feeling like she's trying to sh the, the dress on. And you know what she asks? She says, baby, does this dress make me look? Baby, does this dress make me look? You got to get that question right. I'm telling you right now, fellas, can I help you out? Lock eyes right now. Look, don't look at the woman next, next to you. Look at me right now. Let me help you out. I'm telling you right now that if you're in this place and you're a man and you're married, you can never answer this question honestly. I'm telling you right now because at that moment, you got to be able to. Let me tell you right now. Right now, you got to be able to walk by faith and not by sight. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be at that moment, you got to declare things that are not as though they were. I'm just saying, like, you really got to be able to answer this question right because if you say yes you're in trouble they always want the truth but they're like if you say yes you're in trouble but if you say no she's gonna know you lying you know what I'm saying so you gotta be able to like Lisa looks at me she'd be like baby did this dress make me look fat and I'm smooth with it because I've been married for 10 years I look at her and be like nah baby you just look thick with two C's come on somebody you gotta be able to answer it Right. I remember one time, I, I'm telling you, it just evolves. I tell, I, one time, Lisa, I don't know what, apparently, apparently there was a pretty chick that came to the church and we were on our way home and she's like, baby, did you see that pretty chick? Did you see that pretty chick? And I'm telling you right now, you got to, my mind went, and she said, baby, did you see that pretty chick? And it wasn't like, did you see that pretty chick? It was like, oh my gosh, she was so gorgeous and beautiful. And oh my God, did you see that pretty, because nobody knew her name. So she was like, she was like, oh my gosh, she was beautiful. And she was like, and I was like, oh yeah, I saw her because I woke up with her. I drove with her to church and I walked into church with her. Come on, somebody, can we? I saw her, you know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, and then TikTok is messing everybody with these couple challenges. I saw the one the other day, and, and her, her wife told her husband, she said, would you rather kiss me for $100 or kiss the beautifulest girl on the planet for $500? And the husband was like, I'd rather kiss you for $100. And I'm like, you novice beta of a man. See, if, if Lisa would have asked me that, I would have been like, I'm $600 richer. Because when I kiss you... I'm kissing the hottest woman on the planet. Can we? Come on. You got to answer the question right. You got to answer certain questions you have to answer right. I use that as an illustration, just as a picture for us to see that there are some questions we need to answer correctly. There are some questions that we need to know the answer of. And sometimes we lack commitment because we don't know the answer 
to something. And for the last 12 weeks, to be honest, we've spent 12 weeks answering questions. The first eight weeks, starting in September, we unpacked what G who Jesus is, and we answered the question, come on, of who Jesus is. And then we went over and, and we, we took a big picture of who the church is, and, and I brought in the, the, church is the, the church is the bride of Christ, and Pastor Marquez, come on, spoke about the kingdom is the church, and Ruben spoke about the church is family, but I want to talk to you about what Kuhau is. And when I talk about Kuhau, what I want to say is that I want to give you the proper picture of what this church community is all about. If you ever wondered what Kuhau is all about, I want to be able to give you the right answer to that question. And my prayer is that you all may be willing to go on the journey with me today. Is that all right? So Christ Uncensored House of Worship, you're like, what is that? That's the name of our church, actually. Because you, you might have been wondering, what is a kuhau? Is that Greek for something? Like, what is, what is a kuhau? I've been asked that all the time. Pastor, I know your church, kuhau. Like, no, it's kuhau. Come on, so you got to have the ku, you know what I mean? In it. What is kuhau? And really, it's just an acronym for our church. It's Christ Uncensored. We wanted God just to be God. We wanted to get away of our agenda. We didn't want to put any agenda before God. We want to put rules before God. We just wanted God to be unfiltered, uncensored. Just God do you. And so we want to be that kind of house of worship where Christ is uncensored, right? We didn't want to be an uncensored church. Come on, somebody, because then we'd be in trouble. But we want to be a church that is about a God who is uncensored. They've tried to censor him through this world. They try to censor him through the radio. They try to censor him on TV. But in this church house, come on, it's Christ uncensored. And so if I could tell you in a nutshell, what is Christ uncensored? What is Christ uncensored about? The first thing I'll tell you is that we are about Jesus. We're about Jesus. But the second thing I will tell you is that this church is not a, the kind of church that you would walk into where people will point the finger to you in judgment. But this is the kind of church that we use our finger for another thing. We point you to the direction where God has for you. And so when I say that Christ Uncensored Kuhau is a church of purpose, what I'm really saying is that we're the kind of church, we want to be the kind of church that doesn't point our finger to people's failures, but we can point our finger to the God who has died and saved you from your failures. Come on. That's what we want to do. We want to show you. I'll explain it this way. I want to be able to show you what God wants for your life. I want you to be able to see clearly what God has for you. How many, how many of you ever wanted to know what God's plan for your life is? Like, that's what we, we're about. I, I, I said that I want to be the kind of church that doesn't just have religious gatherings. I want to be the kind of church that helps people see clearly what it is that God has for them. And it reminds me of this game that we were playing. We actually caught it on video, so I want to draw your attentions to the screen and do a little bit of a play-by-play. -play. If we have that, can we cue that no, I got it. Let's go. Okay, continue. Standard drop. Standard drop. <laughs> well, wow, that was crazy. Can you stop right there? Did you notice how close we came into contact, but we did not touch each other? Do you know why? Because we couldn't see each other. I thought about that because, you know, 
I thought about that for a moment. Isn't it interesting that, that I had Lucas right in front of me, but I couldn't attain Lucas. I couldn't grab Lucas. Why? Because I couldn't see Lucas. And I thought about that as a picture of our spiritual journey sometimes. Let's be honest. Sometimes what it is is that it's not that God doesn't have something for you. It's that oftentimes we cannot see it clearly. Like it could be that what God has for you can be laying right in front of you. But because we can't see it, oftentimes we miss out on what God has for us. We walk by what God has for us. And, and I want to link this to a, a scripture in the Bible in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. Listen to what it says. If we could put that up on the screen. It says... That when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But look what it says. It says, but when they attend to what he's revealing, they are most blessed. Did you catch that? It says, when people can't see what God is doing, oh my God. You ask me what this church is about? This church is about helping people see what God is doing in their life. I want to just be that transparent. So many of us want this for our life. We, we want what God wants for our life. We want God's purpose for our life. We want God's plan for our life. But the, the thing is that we can't see it. We want to know what God's will is, but we can't see it. We want to know what God's plan is, but we can't see it. We want to know what God's will for this relationship is, but we can't see it. We want to know what God has for our finances, but we can't see it. We want to know what God has for our future, but oftentimes we can't see it. And what the Bible says is that when you can't see what God is doing, you can't get your footing. It says when you can't see, you stumble all over yourselves. You can't find a balance in certain things. Like you can't seem to get traction when you can't see what God is doing. It's not that God isn't doing anything. It's that oftentimes our ability to perceive what God is doing is absent. And he says when you can't see what God is doing... It's not that you're making bad decisions. It's not that you have financial problems. It's not that you have relationship problems. All it is is that you, you just can't see what God is doing. But this is the good news. It says when you are able to attend to what he's revealing. In other words, when you are able to walk in the very thing that God wants to show you, you are most blessed. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I know for me and my family... I, I, I'm ready for my most blessed season. Is there anybody in this place that's ready for their most blessed season? I'm, I mean that. Like, is there anybody in this place that's saying, hey, listen, I'm ready to walk in everything that God has planned for me. I'm ready to attend to the thing that God is about to reveal. Is there anybody here that's saying, listen, I'm ready for my most blessed season. I'm ready for my most blessed season. I'm done just trying to live. I'm done just trying to exist. I'm done just trying to function. I'm done just trying to check in and check out. I'm I'm ready to walk in my most blessed season. If you believe that in this place, give God a praise in this place. I'm ready. I wanna, I wanna walk in what God has planned for me. I wanna walk in the reason that God created me. I want you, our heart is that everyone in this room would be able to walk in the very reason God has created you. Because before you existed, your purpose did. Before you existed, your purpose did. And this is why oftentimes we feel uncomfortable. Because you actually lived in the mind of God before you were manifested on earth. 
And so sometimes when we are walking disoriented, we are stumbling all over ourselves because there's something that knows within ourselves that we were the most blessed in the mind of God. God created you on purpose for a purpose. So, so hear me, we're just passionate about people getting on purpose. We're just passionate about people knowing God. And once you encounter God, it's just walking in your purpose. It's walking in your calling. And so what we do as a church is that we help people see clearly for them what God has revealing for their life. Because the truth is that most people in this, this room have significance wired into them. We have meaning wired into us. But oftentimes we stumble because we can't see it. And how many of you know that when you're walking in the dark, the odds of you stubbing your foot increase significantly, right? Each and, each and one of us, right? Like you, you walking in the dark. Lisa's like, you're scared of the dark? No, I just don't want to stub my toe. Come on, somebody. She's like, Cause when you wake up at night, you turn on every single light. I'm like, that's right, because I don't want to stub my toe. Come on. So we want to find, today what we want to do is we just want to turn on, turn on a candle to show you what God wants for your life. And throughout the scripture, what you'll find over and over, maybe about a dozen times, what you will see in, in the scripture is that there's this kind of formula that God has for his creation. That what God wants for us is these four things. And I just want to break down these four things to you today. Because I believe, listen to me, I believe that if you can see what God wants for your life, you're going to live the most blessed life. I want to tell you right now, in the, in the original language, that word most blessed is not talking about materialistic satisfaction. It's, talk about, it's talking about the satisfaction of your soul, that your soul knows that it's doing the thing that it was created to do. And it's most blessed because it knows that it's doing the thing that it was called to do. And so the, the first thing I want to give you as my first volunteer comes up, we have some crowd participation here. Can we give, put our hands together? Come on. And the first one is, write this down, put this in your notes, and we went over it during our MC spot. The first thing is this, write this down. What does God want for your life? He wants you to know him. Can you write that down? Everybody shout, know God. Know God. And this word, this word, know God, is not a knowledge of knowing. It's not actually knowing about God. I love what Paul says here. He says, what is, more, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Everybody shout, know God. Okay. This is what God wants. The first step that God wants for your life is for you to know him. Now, notice it doesn't say for you to know about him. See, when Paul uses this term in the New Testament, he's speaking of the most intimate word that you can use it's almost like an it's like an idiom in the greek it's communicating it's this word called genosco everybody say genosco if you're spanish it reminds me of te conozco mosco you know what i mean like it's it's this word genosco it it means that it's this intimacy it's this relationship with god in other words what god wants for your life the reason that paul is using this is because he's saying i don't want you to just know about me i want you to have a relationship with me and what he's saying is like I, I, i'm not having 
I'm not trying to have the most profound knowledge about God. I want you to experience the depths of love in your heart from God. He says, I want you to know God. And that's what God wants for your life today. He wants you to know him. He doesn't want your, he doesn't want your religious obligation. He wants an intimate relationship. He doesn't want your religious obligation. And, and by the time that the Apostle Paul writes this, you know, you know the Apostle Paul, like the Apostle Paul had some crazy spiritual experiences. The Apostle Paul, when you look at his life, man, he, at that, by the time he wrote this, the Apostle Paul had already devoted himself as a Jew all his, all his life. And in other places, he writes that he obtained a certain level of self-righteousness that no one has attained. He attained righteousness, and he was a devoted Jew, and, and, and he was a citizen of Rome. And, and, and at, by this time, he had already seen angels. You know what? I've been serving the Lord for a long time, and the only angel I've seen is my wife. Come on, somebody. I'm locking that thing down today. Come on. But look what he says. He says, he says, like, I've been there. I've done that. I've gone to the third heaven. You know, the apostle Paul, when he encountered Jesus, he heard him audibly. He heard God's voice. And listen to me clearly. When he writes this, it's not at the beginning of his journey. It's coming to the end of his journey. And when he's at the end of his journey, he's still talking about God in an intimate relationship. He's not talking about what he's accomplished. Well, look, look what I've done. I, I've accomplished so much. No, he's saying, listen, I counted all a loss. Everything is worthless when I consider this intimate relationship, this, this genosco, this me knowing God. Everything is worthless when I know God. What is he saying? I, this is my concern. My concern is that people come to church and think it's about their religious devotion. My concern is that you would think that a relationship with God has to do with rules and regulations more than it has to do with your intimate relationship with him. And so my concern is that we might put a list in front of God and we might put a resume before, in front of God. And I think Paul, if he was here today, he would tell you, listen, it's not about your list. It's not about your accomplishment. That's not what God wants from your life. He doesn't want a, a set of things that you've accomplished. And sometimes we could be like, you know, I went to church. I read the Bible. I sang the songs. I fasted on social media. I didn't curse that person out that gave me the, 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 the universal sign that they, that I am number one. I didn't curse them out. Come on, somebody. Like, I, I did it. I did it. And God's like, that's not what I want from you. I want you. I want you. I want to tell you today that God doesn't want your list. He wants your love. That God doesn't want your resume, he wants your relationship. That God doesn't want your accomplishments, he wants your attention. That God doesn't want you just to know about him, he wants you to know him. Can somebody give God a praise in this place? So the first step, can I get my second volunteer, is to, is to know God. Everybody shout, know God. The second step, come on, can we give it, to, uh, give it up for our second volunteer? It's a, this is a family service, come on. Who's your favorite preacher? Nino. Uh, come on, somebody. I'm Nino. I'm just letting you know that right now. Come on. If you would have said your mother, we would have been in trouble, okay? Because his mom is a preacher too. Can we give it up one more time for our kids? I just, this brings me so much joy. It's to, the second step is to find freedom. Everybody shout find freedom. You see, the second step, oftentimes, many of us in this place, we've taken the first step and that we know God. 
and, and maybe you've encountered God and you have a loving relationship with him. But many of us in this room maybe have not taken the, the second step. That God doesn't just want you to know him. God wants to set you free. God wants to set you free, church. He wants you to experience complete freedom. And Paul says this. Paul says, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do do. He goes, I'm forgetting what's behind me in the past. And I'm straining towards what is ahead. You see, many of us in this room, we're here today. And we're trying to see what God reveals, but we can't see clearly what God reveals because we're still looking at life through the lenses of yesterday. See, and oftentimes you can't see God's promise for tomorrow if you haven't settled the pain of yesterday. See, many of us are seeing life and we're stumbling all over the place. And this is no judgment because we've all been part of this journey. But many of us, we're still dealing with that one thing. You know that one thing, come on. You know that one thing that's keeping you stuck in the past? That one thing that's keeping you stuck year after year? You know that one thing, that one thing that keeps you emotionally in bondage? That one thing that keeps you in spiritual bondage? That one thing that shows up at 2 a.m.? That one thing that shows up in your arguments with your spouse? That one thing that shows up in your, when they mention that person in front of you? Oh, you ain't going to get no help here. Everybody save, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, baptized, delivered for Jesus. Come on. Like, you know what I'm talking about. That one thing that if it, wasn't, if it was eliminated, oh, man, you'd be a different husband. You'd be a different wife. You'd be a different son. You'd be a different daughter. You'd be a different worker. You'd be a different person if that one thing was eliminated. And here's the good news. The good news, church, is that God can set you free. But here's how he does it. Ready? Here's how he does it. See, the Bible says that if you go to God and you confess your sins to him, he will forgive your sins. But I want to show you what James chapter 5 verse 16 says. It says this. Can we put that up? Therefore, confess your sins to God. What? Huh? Therefore, confess your sins to God. No. No, don't say that. Confess your sins what does it say, Mila? To each other. To each other. It says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. And why? So that you may be healed. In other words, you got to go to God. You confess your sins to God to get forgiveness, but you go to God's people to get your healing. Uh, I'm borrowing this mic. Thank you. Oh, I felt the anointing now. That's... See, and oftentimes we are so scared to confess our sins to one another. You know why? Because the church has done a poor job of creating a judgment-free zone. Because we're, we're, we're so good at pointing the finger at our failures and our faults. But I want to let you know today that what God wants for you is that he wants freedom for your life. And the way he does that is for you to share your burdens with one another. And can I tell you, church, we got to get better at creating a place where people feel like I can talk about my sin without being judged. I can talk about my wrongdoing without being judged. I want to be able to. Listen, because we need this in order for us to experience true freedom. We need to be able to talk to one another. And what you'll find is that when you begin, listen, you're, you're always as sick as your secrets. 
you're always as sick as your secrets, and God doesn't want you in sickness. And what God does is that he creates a place where you can be transparent because we need people to be able to talk to us about our blind spots. No judgment, just blind. And then listen, if you don't think you have any blind spots, that's your blind spot. I don't know about you, but I need people to be able to get in my face and say, Ro, I love you, but you, you can't be talking to your wife like that. Not that I do, I'm using that hypothetically. That wasn't funny, Ruben. I need people in my life that can look at me in my face and say, hey man, you don't have to act that way, you don't have to talk that way, you don't have to be that way. You know why? Because you are the righteousness of God. You're a new creation. And oftentimes, here's what we do. We, we are so scared of judgment and we, we demote the people that God has sent in our life to promote us. But how many believe that in Staten Island there's a place and this is this goes from the leadership to the last person who's joined our team that this will never be the kind of church that looks at your sickness and looks at your failures and looks at your secrets and looks at your sin and judges you for them. This is going to be the kind of church that says, listen, you are the righteousness of God. Let's go to Jesus together. Could we give God a shout of praise in this? Come on. Let's give God a shout of praise in this room. Number three. Number three. Who's number three? I think that's Tarisha. Tarisha. Woo! Let's give it up. Number three. Write this down. Everybody shout, discover purpose. No, say it like you mean it. Say it like, like half of you are from Brooklyn. Say discover purpose. Come on. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. See, Paul says this, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of... I press on to take hold. What am I taking hold of? I'm taking hold of the thing that Jesus took hold of me for. He says, I want to I grab it. I want to I grab it. I want to reach out and grab it. Paul says, listen, I got to take hold of the thing that Jesus took a hold of me for. And let me tell you, Jesus took a hold of you for something. He created you on purpose for a purpose. And God wants everyone to discover their purpose. But listen carefully, we will never be able to discover our purpose unless we deal with our past. There's so many plans that God has for us, but as long as we're still seeing life through the lens of yesterday, he wants you to know him, but when you know him, you have the power then to now find freedom. You can look at your life and say, that don't belong in my life anymore. That doesn't belong in my life bondage. You have no rulership over me. And when you're able to settle your yesterday, you're able to see clearly your purpose and everything that God has for you. It's not going to be muddied up by your past. It's not going to be muddied up by your failure. It's not going to be muddied up by your hurt. But you're going to let God deal with that through community and through people. And then you're going to be able to see, wow, this is what God has called me for. Do you know that 87% of the body of Christ doesn't know what part of the body they belong to. That's almost nine out of ten people that come to church, just come to church, but don't know the reason and don't know what part of the body that they are called to be in. 
Can you imagine 87% of your body doesn't work? You would look like Ruben when he's trying to dance. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was a bad joke. That's my younger, Ruben is my younger brother. He's writing it down right now. Ruben, you can find freedom. There's freedom, There's freedom for that. I love you. Let me just share this quick story in, in a book that Craig Rochelle writes. It's, it's a, a book called It. And one of, the, one of the illustrations that he says is that he's talking about purpose. And he, and he says, you know, he uses this illustration where um, there's greyhounds, a track, a dog track. And the dog track, in order to get the dogs to run, what they do is that they put a mechanical rabbit. And the dogs, in order for them to race, they each have a mechanical rabbit so that they can chase after something. Because if they don't chase after anything, they won't move. And so that there's this mechanical rabbit that goes in front of them so that they can chase. And in one occasion, the mechanical rabbits broke and they burst and there was just pieces everywhere. And what they noticed was that the dogs, some of them stopped running, they paused right there and they laid down and they took a nap. Others actually got caught up in the track and they hurt themselves. And others, they started barking at everything. And Chris says, isn't this a picture of humanity? That when we don't have anything to chase, we either fall asleep, hurt somebody else, or we're barking at everybody else, or we hurt ourselves. Come on. Like this is a picture of humanity that when we don't have anything to chase, when we're not walking in the purpose of God, we're either going to fall asleep, we're going to hurt other people, we're going to get distracted by everything, and not realize that God created you for a purpose. This is Bible verse, Acts chapter 20, verse 24. By the way, if I ever got a tattoo, it'd be that one. Acts right here. I'm working on my chest. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. I have it right there. A-C-T-S 24. Anyway. It says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the purpose for which Christ has created me for. Like, what is it worth for you to accomplish everything else and miss out on the very intention that you were designed for? Like, okay, I accomplished this, I did that, and when you get to heaven, God is like, that's awesome, I'm glad you're here, but you didn't see the thing that I created you for. And God wants for everybody to discover their purpose, to take hold of it, to get hold of the thing that God took a hold of you for. There is a problem that you were created to solve. There is a question that you were called to answer. There is a situation that you were called to be the solution. There is a need that you were called to care for, and there is a purpose that you were called to fulfill. He wants you to know him. He wants you to experience freedom. And he wants you to discover your purpose. But here's the last one. He wants you to make a difference. He wants you to make a difference. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14, it says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Paul is revealing that what's of most importance is the impact we have in heaven. He's like, what matters more? It's like we have this temporary life. But what impact? Like there's a calling upward. There's a calling heavenward. There is something greater than just our existence here on earth. And can I give you a little cheat code right now? That what God wants for your life, what God wants for you, is that what your life does here impacts eternity. You know what making a difference is really about? Making a difference is not about some self-fulfilling dream. 
or gain or achievement or accomplishment. Discovering your purpose and making a difference, it's about what impact have you had in the life of someone else? And did you know that everyone in this room, you were designed, you were designed with a need to make a difference. You were designed with a need to serve others. In fact, the secular sociologists would tell you that at one point they thought, they thought that the greatest need in, human, in, in, in humanity was the need to win. That like, we have this need and we gotta win and we gotta gain and we gotta accomplish. That was the greatest need of humanity. Did you, but then they discovered that there were people who were winning and they still were unsatisfied, they were still unfulfilled, they were still empty, they were still void. And they realized that the greatest need of humanity, in humanity, what's wired within all of us is this need to make a difference, to live beyond ourselves. You want a secret? You want a, re you want a recipe for failure? Just focus on you. What matters to you? What increases you? What adds value to you? It's all about you. Who offended you? Who didn't do what for you? Who didn't call you? And you, you want a recipe for misery? Just keep focusing on you. But what they discovered is that peop the people that get the most satisfying feeling as the worship team comes up, the people that get to experience life and life in all its fullness, the people that walk in that most blessed season are the people that are living their lives to make a difference in someone else's. It's the people that say, we're going to live beyond ourselves. And this is my prayer for you. My prayer is that you would wake up with hunger that you were created, that you were designed, that you were prepared for a purpose, and that you would use that purpose to make a difference in someone else's life, and that you will go to sleep filled with joy and peace and satisfaction because you did. The most rewarding life you could ever experience is a life that is lived to serve others. That the most rewarding life you can ever live is a life to serve others. Others, And this is what Jesus says in, in, in John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, the thief's purpose, the thief does not come to accept, except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come. I have come, in other words, this is my purpose. Pastor Marquez, this is my purpose. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, this is my purpose, that they may have life. Isn't it interesting that sometimes we think that God doesn't want us to have life? You know that sometimes we don't realize that we don't think God wants our satisfaction? God wants your satisfaction. He just knows that the road you're taking to get there is gonna rob you from satisfaction. He says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna lure you in. He's not gonna steal, kill, and destroy. He's gonna lure you in and then steal. He says, but I have come so that they may have life, but not ordinary life, that they may have life and it more abundantly. You know what happens when you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference? Can I show you? You have life. Listen. What God wants for you is life. What God wants for you is life in abundance. 
But the way he does that is that he wants you to know him. He wants you to experience freedom. He wants you to know the reason why you exist. And then he wants you to make a difference in somebody else's life. Do you want? So that's what I'm offering here today. I'm offering life. I know I went over 10 minutes, but I'm offering life. If I can be as transparent as I can be. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. I have these meditation walks and and I invited Emily to have one with me and and we just walk and talk. And there was one time, you know, you ever have a hard-headed daughter? Friend was like, yes, hallelujah. Hypothetically, Emily, not, you know, this is just hypothetical. Not, but you know, like, sometimes you just want to drag them. You know what I mean? No, that's too much for y'all? Like, you just want to, like, don't you just see what God has for you? Like, Emily, can't you just, like, you're about to curse preaching, you know what I mean? Like, like, can't you just, can't you just see what God wants for your life? Why can't you see it? But I told Emily, but Emily, I can't drag you. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Look at Lisa, she's like, okay, are you okay? (laughs) We're about to fight. You know what this church is never going to do? It's never going to drag you. And so I said, Emily, my job as your pastor is not to drag you. I don't want to force this thing on you. I don't want to be like, oh my God, you got to love God. You got to find freedom. You got to discover your purpose. You got to make a difference. Like that's not my, that's not what God called me to do. But you know what God calls me to do? Is to nudge you. Growth track. Yeah, yeah. It's to nudge you. It's to just give you a nudge. It's not to drag you. I want to drag you. I want to. I want to pick up. We just go in together. You know how many times I had to drag John? Come on. Son. That's not my job. My job is to nudge. Hey, yeah, and I remember we had the Matrix retreat. And I asked if I could share this story. We had the Matrix retreat and we were getting the signups and Emily's like, I'm not going. I'm like, you rebellious. And what do I want to do? I want to just drag her. And she's like, I'm not going. I don't really believe in that stuff. You know, like, I don't need a retreat, you know? I'm letting it all out now, okay? I'm finding freedom. I'm confessing my sins to others. And she said she said she wasn't going. And I sent her a text message. I said, Emmy, 
want you to know that God has a huge purpose for your life. Nudge, nudge. That's all I wrote. Nudge, nudge. And she went to that retreat and God transformed her life. She's been set free. Her worship is different. Her preaching is different. Come on, let's give God a praise in this place. Thank you. We're going to pray in a moment. Listen to me. I'm looking at everybody in this room. Lovingly. There's some of us, I just want to drag you. Like, like, don't you see the purpose of God? Don't you see that he wants to set you free? Come on, let's just go. Nudge. Nudge. That's for you today. That's for you today. That's for you today. Nudge. Can we get up on our feet for a second? my eyes. Look here. Listen to me. I believe God wants to encounter you today. He wants you to know him. He wants you to find freedom. And that doesn't happen all in a second. It's a journey. It's a journey. And too many people give up on the journey too early. Listen to me. Can I be so bold to say, would you give, give us a year I know that's bold, but listen to me. Give us a year of you attending Kuhau and finding God and, and knowing God and finding freedom and discovering your purpose and make a difference and see by the end of the year if you're not a totally different person. I believe so much in this that you will be a complete... Listen, 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 listen. If you're not... We'll leave the church together. I'm out too. I'm out. I don't, think, I don't think my staff will allow me to do that, but give us a year. You've committed to other things longer than a year that may have felt like a waste of time. I promise you this won't be a waste of your time. Give us a year and see if God doesn't change your life. I want to pray. Come on, bow your heads, close your eyes. She cut out. I want to pray for you. If you're in this place, I want to pray for two kinds of people. I want to pray for two kinds of people. Number one, if you're in this place and you say, I don't know God. I don't know Jesus and I would like to know him. I want to pray for you. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to lift up your hands. But if you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Ro? I haven't seen any of this for my life. I want to know God, but I also want freedom. And I want to discover my purpose and I want to make a difference. If that's you, I want to pray for you too. So if you're in this place at the count of three, everybody together, whoever is answering to this, I want you to lift up your hand. One, Jesus loves you. Two, today's your day of salvation and freedom. Three, lift up your hand. Say, Pastor O, can you pray for me? I want, I want that freedom. I want, I want a freedom. I want that freedom. Come on, come on. Come on, can we give it up? Can we give it up? Yes, yes, I see the hand. I see the hand. Thank you, Chief. 
on a good note, God, and if you're watching online and you want to make this, say this prayer with me, say this. Say, dear Lord, I receive your love right now. Therefore, I respond by giving you my life. I receive your forgiveness of sins through faith. I receive your love and your grace. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins and rose again on the third day. From this day forth, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on, can we celebrate every life that just said yes to Jesus? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray for every single person, oh God, that wants freedom, that wants purpose, oh God. Lord, would you set them free in this hour, Lord Jesus? Would they come and encounter and know you, Lord God, that they would ultimately make a difference, oh God? Would they get on the journey today that they may not walk in procrastination, that they not might wait or defer this to another day, Lord God, but that they may say that from here on in, I'm going to see everything you have for me so that I can walk in my most blessed life. And so I pray, Lord God, that they'll be able to commit, even for a year, Lord God, to see what you have planned for them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Give God a shout of praise. Let's get ready to worship. Come on. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.